Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Firstly, Merry Christmas. If you are watching the video, you will see that I have a bit of a Christmas set up behind this. I'm actually going to add more to it, but at the time of this recording, you'll only see this. And then Bubba's just off in the corner being a little cutie with his little jumper on on my on my chair. So we are full in Christmas vibes here. If you don't like Christmas, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I'm obsessed with Christmas and my fiance and I, I'm not joking, have spent, I actually like did a bit of a maths around this, have spent collectively around 40 hours decorating our house between, you know, buying all the supplies, going and picking up all the stuff from the stores, you know, hammering nails into the frame around the front door entrance so that we can be hanging 10 million garlands. We're all about it. (laughs) We are obsessed. And I'm really glad that I'm with a man that is just as committed to Christmas as I am. So we're going to start with that. Okay. So today's episode, I am talking to you guys about practices that I use to keep everything really in alignment for me. So one of you guys asked me this on Instagram when I put up one of my little question boxes of what are some things you would like to hear about on the podcast. And I love when I do this because I obviously want to be able to deliver you guys the most valuable information for you. I mean, please look at butter. Mm, He's such a little nugget. Okay. So these are the practices that I use to protect my space, my health, my home, my environment, my relationship, and myself really. I personally think that one of the most important things that you can do for yourself in your life, and it's going to bring you so much more in return, is doing you, doing you, what knowing the things that make you happy, that make you feel productive, that make you feel in alignment, that make you feel sexy. So many of us, especially as women, have been programmed to be so worried about everybody else. And in doing that, we become our worst selves. And we're not even then of service to other people because we are exhausted. We are drained. We are burnt out X, Y, and Z. And I will say it's definitely that time of the year, right? We've just, we've just had Christmas. So Merry Christmas, everybody, where a lot of us are feeling burnt out and exhausted. And that was kind of me this morning. I woke up and I was really tired. And even though I'd had eight hours of sleep, I looked at my aura ring and actually I had six hours and something because I've been waking up so much throughout the night, having weird dreams and everything. I am in crunch time with writing my book and finishing that up. My family is coming for nearly a month and they're staying with us and we're all skiing together. It's Christmas time. We're having, you know, it's my birthday next week and we're flying to New York for four days. And then we have all these like social engagements with friends and then it's that Christmas season and X, Y, and Z. And, you know, then for a lot of us now we have New Year's plans and it just feels like thing after thing. And if we're not really aware of the things that help to cultivate our energy back to us it can end up being quite an explosive situation. So I want to share with you guys the different things that I do for different parts of my life to help me to feel like I am protecting my energy and protecting my sovereignty and my, you know, uh, commitment and my integrity and my sense of self as best as I can. So take what you want, leave what you don't, and just use this, um, use this podcast episode as inspiration. And hopefully there will be some things that I recommend doing that will really help you guys, or it will spur some of your own thoughts for yourself. And also my Christmas mug is a vibe. Like I'm obsessed with Christmas. You guys, I actually wanted to buy full tartan bed linen and then both my fiance and my mom were a big fat no, but I just, 
like I go full all out. Like I just, I literally want to be in the North Pole in Santa's workshop right now. So yeah, that was me. Okay. So let's start with space. So we are always wanting just good energy in our house. That's really, really important for us. So we commit that when we, like we commit for ourselves and therefore for each other, that if we're in a tiff, we brush things off in the moment, we pivot our energy, we shake it off. And we literally think about just pivoting. If we can't see eye to eye on something, or if we're having two different conversations, because you know, man and woman, if we're having two different conversations, it's just like, you know, we're going around in circles. Let's just like, let's just leave this moving on, change, pivot. Um, Again, like in my space, I love to sage. I love to burn Palo Santo. I love to light non-toxic candles, of course. So I do those things when I feel like I need just a little bit of an energy clear in my space. And adding on to that, make sure that if you are burning sage, that you burn Palo Santo afterwards and vice versa, because the Palo Santo brings in that good energy. The sage burns all energy, good and bad. So you want to make sure you bring that good energy in afterwards or after you burn sage, lights, you know, light some candles, have some essential oils, put some music on to really bring good energy back into the space and make sure you get into the corners of houses and whatnot. Um, but also a really underrated practice of just clearing the energy in a space, like in a hotel room or in a car that like is a hire car or whatever it is, for example, that you're feeling like is a bit funky, open the windows let air come in, let air come in and clean up that space. That's just a really basic little simple thing that you can also do. I always want my space to look beautiful. That's really important to me. I'm very sensitive to my environments more so than my outfits. You know, I can be, I can be in a tracksuit for multiple days and be feeling fucking amazing if I'm sitting in my beautiful office. I could be in this glammed up outfit, but if I am sitting in an environment that doesn't feel really good to me, I will be very, very unproductive and I'll be very edgy and I just will feel quite off. So environment is really important to me, way more so than outfits. I mean, I love a good outfit. I love dressing up. I love, you know, doing all those things. However, that doesn't do enough for me. My environment's actually everything. So that's something also to think about for you guys. What is what is most important to you? Is your space really important or is it more that, you know, the clothes that you wear is more important for you? Good thing to think about. Other things. So whilst we have been doing this house up and the fact that I, you know, that 99% of my stuff from New York City was moldy when it arrived, I've been reminding myself that half done rooms are temporary. So as I was just sharing with you, my space is really important. Do I love having a house that's like 20% done? No. I don't love it. Am I okay with it? Yes. Can I still be high vibe in it? Yes. Can I still be grateful for it? Yes. Am I freaking the fuck out every day? Absolutely not. So what I remind myself every day, if I'm walking into a space and I'm like, oh, I just wish this was fucking done. Cause I actually had one of these moments yesterday. Um, we just been to like restoration hardware and couldn't find any like tables that I liked, whatever. It's not the point. I phoned my mom and, um, my fiance was, getting water or something at the petrol station. And I literally was on the verge of tears because I was just like, I'm so done with this. And she thinks it's so funny, right? She's coming onto the podcast. So you guys will be able to hear the episode soon. We're going to do it when they're here in January. So it'll be towards the end of January that you guys will get the episode. But um, she was, she and my um, boyfriend, my fiance laugh their fucking heads off because I get one second in a furniture store and I'm like, I can't, I, I can't. I find the decision fatigue overwhelming. I can't decide on anything. I find it very, very, very hard to decorate a house. I mean, even with Christmas, right? I walk into these insane Christmas stores and I'm like, I, 
I can't. And then I just get overwhelmed. I find it, I, you know, I will go in there for three hours and I've bought two things. And it's like, well, it doesn't make sense. I get very, very overwhelmed, but I want a beautiful space. So I was literally on the verge of tears with her yesterday because I said to her, I just wish I could snap my fingers and the house was done because I find it so draining and overwhelming. And it's so funny because she finds it energizing and I mean, it's her job, right? And she's really incredible at doing it. So I think that's just a little reminder for all of us that it's okay if you find some things in your life really, really hard to do, or you find things really draining. So for example, for me, I find decorating and creating a beautiful space the hardest thing. I love having a beautiful space and I appreciate beautiful spaces. I love saving pins on Pinterest for beautiful spaces. However, I can't do it myself. So why would I kill myself trying to do that when I could hire an interior designer or the like to do it myself? So even though you might have appreciation for nice spaces, guys, hire a fucking interior designer. It changed my life. Like take that shit off your plate. They're going to do a better job than you could ever do anyway. And the contacts that they have, the ideas they bring to the table, the brands that they know of that you won't know of, it's just like, it's well worth it in my opinion. Anyway, so whenever I've been having one of those moments where I'm like, oh my God, I wish the fucking house was done. I remind myself it's temporary. Like we have two guest rooms at my podcast studio, both guest rooms. One is kind of furnished, but like it's with old furniture that I do not like. And it's like with half of my furniture, half of my fiance's really old furniture. So it's just like that needs to be changed. But as I'm sure some of you guys know, it takes months to get furniture in. You know, you order a bed, guess what? The delivery date is four months from now. And so there's no point getting stressed about it. You really have to remind yourself that it is just temporary. So use that wherever you need to in different areas of your life. But if any of you guys are in the same position of refurbishing or furnishing your house, I know it's a lot. We will get there. Another thing with space. So I'm not the tidiest person in the world, but when I have a space that I really, really like, I want to keep it tidy. Interesting. If I'm in a place I don't like, I don't care about keeping it tidy. If I'm in a place that I really, really, really do love, I want to keep it tidy. For example, my office, just because we're in here right now. Same with bedroom or wardrobe or kitchen, whatever, basically the whole house is I don't need it to be tidy to be able to function. I can function fine in like a bit of mess and a bit of disorganization, but I love having a tidy space, right? That's the funny, I just find that really interesting that if I don't like the space, I won't look after it. If I like it, I will. It makes sense, right? Because you want to look after things that you have appreciation for and that you see the value in. If you don't see the value in something, if you don't see the appreciation in something, you're not going to invest any resources and the tidying being time Or I guess if you pay your housekeeper, you're not going to invest those resources into keeping it tidy. Okay. So I've been reminding myself to help protect my energy and keep myself sane, especially this time of year, that a tidy space is going to clear my mind up. And I have to remind myself of this because I don't need that. As in, I don't need a tiny, a tidy space to concentrate and work, but I have to remind myself that whilst I don't need it, it would really, really help me. So from this point, some of you might need to even realize, maybe this is going to help some of you realize that your, 
you know, you investing in having a beautiful space is actually going to give you momentum to keep your space clean. Because I know that there's probably some of you out there that are not valuing your space or you're not valuing your clothing or you're not valuing your health or whatever it is. If you don't value something, if you, sorry, if you don't have something nice to begin with, you're generally speaking, not going to have the upkeep. That's why if you are down the fucking drain with your health, it's very hard to start. But once you start and you notice those results that you start to see in your health or your mindset or your energy, that gives you momentum to keep going. That's why you have the quote of the hardest part is getting started. So if you move that to space, how are we going to translate that to space is by you having a beautiful space that you're proud of having and that you appreciate, you are then going to keep it tidier. You're going to invest more money and energy into it. And as a result, your energy is then going to benefit off it because no matter whether your energy is highly sensitive to an environment or not, your energy is shifted with an environment. Full stop the end. Why do you think we're all 10 times happier when we're around you know, Fifth Avenue in New York with all the lights and the Rockefeller tree and X, Y, Z, because the environment around us is shifting our energy. So even if you're not that sensitive to energy, still, even if you're not that sensitive to space and your environment, something to just think about. Something else I do for space. So I close up my office of an evening when I go downstairs, once I finish work. And once I leave my bedroom in the morning, I'm not really in there anymore. I have a bathroom in my office. The only thing that I go to get out of my bedroom is like if I needed to change clothes or get lipstick that I don't have in my office, blah, blah, blah. But I really try and keep those spaces pretty separate. So I don't go in and hang out in my bedroom once I get into the workflow and on weekends, I try not to actually work that much in my office either. If I'm working on weekends, I will try and work in the lounge area downstairs or at the table that we have next to our kitchen, like not the dining table because it's more casual. So it's going to help my nervous system stay in a little bit more of a relaxed state because it's the weekend. And then I keep my office really about Monday to Friday. Having these habitual routines and spaces and that separation is actually really good for your body. Your body knows when you go into your office, it's sit down work time. When you sit on your, you know, when you get into bed, it's relaxing time. When you sit on the sofa, it's in between time. It's, it's, we're calming down time. You are the one that's training your body. So being aware that helping to have those distinctions will actually be really supportive for your productivity and just your overall health, you know, in general. The other thing that I do is that I remind myself that it takes two seconds to throw shit in a drawer, to pick up one of my 10 tea mugs from my desk, you know, and take them downstairs. I mean, I will say right now, I'm going to be really honest. There is a huge mountain of clean laundry sitting in my office, sorry, sitting in my uh, wardrobe at the moment because I haven't had time to fold it all up. But my housekeeper comes tomorrow. So I'm like, okay, I'll do a bit of it tonight if I get time. Otherwise, I'll just leave it till tomorrow and she can do it. Um, so I'm not I'm not perfect with any of this by any means. But these are all the things that I do, I would say, 85% of the time. And what I tell myself and remind myself of. So I hope this can help some of you. So I do tell myself, you know, it takes two seconds to do this. Or I'm just going to spend five minutes folding this laundry. Because once you get into it, you often feel 10 times better. And then you just keep going anyway. 
Um, windows open. I really try and keep windows open, doors open as much as possible and bring as much sunlight in as possible. Sunlight is so important for our body. And I am someone, I think it's also being Australian, um, and spending 14 years of my life in Australia, but also it's actually literally written in my birth chart that I need a lot of natural light. I don't do well when I don't have a lot of natural light and I think this is something across the board, no matter what, it has to do with our circadian rhythm. Our body needs to know it's daytime. That's why a lot of us will feel a little bit more lethargic and tired when it's a cloudy, moody day, because we're not getting as much sunlight. Our eyes and therefore our brain isn't getting told, wake up, wake up, wake up, because there isn't as much sun to see. It's not as bright and light outside. So as much as you can, try and have that natural light where possible. It'll really help your sleep cycle as well and just your overall mental health. So it's something to think about going into the new year as well. How can I bring more light into my space? Okay. Um, other thing as well that really helps, helps me is open spaces. I don't like to feel contracted difference between coziness and contracted. I don't like to feel contracted. I want to feel yes, cozy. You know, you'll know I love a fucking cozy vibe. I don't like cold, empty spaces. Um, like that really, really, really modern look. I'm not about it. I love a cozy vibe and I really thrive with open space. It helps me feel expansive. It helps me feel light. It helps me feel just open. It literally helps me feel more open. Really closed spaces, low ceilings make me feel very drained having a low ceiling. And this is something that I've had for ages. I know a lot of people don't get affected by low ceilings as much, but I could I could not live in a house with a low ceiling. Quite literally, the reason why this room is my office is because I have one of those like triangle kind of ceilings. So my ceiling is so effing tall because I need to be sitting in that kind of room for the majority of my day, majority of the week, X, Y, and Z. Okay. Um, Also, it just helps keep my nervous system calm. Like I just find that if I'm in a room that is cramped, low ceilings, shit everywhere, if there's too much color in a room, your nervous system is like, bah, all day. So I like color and pops of color by all means. I'm not one of those like full neutral palette people. Neither of us are. Um, however, my mom is actually really aware of this with her interior design and she's quite aware of it with me that we need our spaces to feel very calm. So each space in our house has a little bit of a different vibe. For example, my office needs to feel calm, yes, but very inspirational and expansive. It needs to feel uh, motivating. So my gallery wall, I love that because it does really motivate me and it has just this inspirational, um, you know, big big feeling in a way. Um, our bedroom, for example, needs to feel a lot more calming and neutral. So the colors are very neutral palette. It's very cozy. It's darker in there in terms of paint colors and everything. We have a very brown palette going on. It's very mountain vibes. So that's our bedroom, for example. The guest rooms, I want them to kind of feel like a little bit of a hotel is my vibe, um, but they're being made at the moment. The kitchen and the living room is pops of color, but still generally speaking neutral and calm. There is pattern and there is color going on. Um, I don't think I could handle too much more of it, but that is needed. So it doesn't look really, really bland and boring because I'm not up for that really bland palette. 
by any means. So I do love having the Chris. I will, will say right now having the Christmas tree and I'm sure you guys have seen on my Instagram story, we have garlands going all the way up the banisters and around the top area. I don't even know what it's called of like the landing in on our top floor. And we have garlands all around the outside of the house and lights everywhere and Christmas decorations coming out of our fucking ears. I love it. It makes me feel really, really cozy. And you also have to remember with Christmas decorations, it's two colors. It's red and it's green. Green is is a still a neutralish color in my mind because it's 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 nature. You know, the red is a little bit more, but it feels very traditional and comforting to me. So I love having all that stuff around. It doesn't feel like there's too much going on. It feels very, very cozy. Um, and then obviously throughout the rest of the year when we don't have all, all of the Christmas decorations around, we are working with more of a neutral color palette and the pops of color are like burnt oranges, a deep green. I don't know. When my mom comes on, she'll tell you guys about what we're doing in the house because I can't explain this very well. Okay. So protecting time. Let's go into time. All right. So when I am protecting my time, I really think about my must-dos and that I would like to do. And that goes for every day when I am on like on weekends and also during the week when I am working. What are my absolute must-dos and what would my what am I like to do things? I kind of have those priorities on my to-do list. I really, really, really try and not let myself get overwhelmed. Obviously, I'm human. And what helps me is having my planner. So I've shared this with you guys on my Instagram. I'll show you guys on the video if you're watching it. I use this magic of eye planner and I am obsessed with it. I have a code for you guys, Monica Yates, all caps, all one word, Monica Yates. And you'll get a discount. We'll put the link below as well or like the details. You can check that too in case you forget. Um, I have been using this magic of eye planner, like I get one every year, for probably the past five years. And I find it really, really helpful. I need to see things right in front of me. Um, and I need to be able to write things down on a to-do list for three days time and not necessarily today because my brain is always so full, especially if you guys are career women or you're running your own business as well, or even just trying to juggle a household with, you know, three kids and holidays and curricular and extracurricular activities. There's always so much going on in our, in, in our modern day life. We have a lot on our plate. We have a lot of stress and a lot of stimulus. So the more you can take off your brain, the better in my opinion. So I write down my top things to get done every day in my planner. And I try and time block as best as possible where I'm not, you know, throwing my brain in 50 directions. That way I'm more productive. So even today I blocked in those things that I must get done. They're in my calendar. My team knows I have to get them done. I make sure I don't forget to get them done. And it helps me to stay a little bit more on task as well. I also know with my, my time that if I am going to bed at 10 PM, I also know for myself, and this is probably like if you read those like time hack books and whatever, it's like, don't do this, but I do this and I find it works for myself. So this might be an absolute no for some of you guys, but I'm just going to share it for the sake of, you know, authenticity. If I have a lot on my plate, so even right now, I mean, it was my last week of work and I'm trying to get a lot of admin done today because I am a little bit stressed. I will say that I have a book to finish writing. My family's coming all of January. We're flying to New York for four days. We have this huge fucking Christmas party. We have friends coming in December. I'm hosting Christmas. Like, fuck me. I'm like, and where is my book going to get written? And when is my book going to Yeah. Anyway. So I'm really trying to cram in admin stuff right now. Now, Sometimes what I do, and this is like the, okay, maybe this might work for most, for a lot of you, but it could work for some of you. If, if not doing a task, but going to bed at 10 PM means I won't be able to fall asleep because I'm stressed, overwhelmed and thinking about it. I will stay up and get the fucking task done 
even if I go to bed at 1am because the next day is less stressful. I sleep a lot better because my brain is actually like, okay, the task is done. And I just feel more productive that way the next day. I don't feel as overwhelmed getting up. I don't wake up and get stressed straight, straight away because of all the things I have to do. So sometimes I will push for a day or two days and I will work way more than I usually would or usually advocate for because it then means that I actually can switch off and have a holiday. So this week I'm kind of doing that, right? I'll be working a lot today. I'll probably be doing a little bit of work tonight, although we still need to fucking do this Christmas tree because it's so big. It's taking us it's taking us so long. We've been trying to decorate this Christmas tree for a week and the lights, it, whatever, it's a whole thing. It's just taking a very long time because the tree is so big. If you say not my Instagram story, you'll know what I'm talking about or in the behind the scenes bubble. Anyway, so today, tomorrow, a lot of admin work so that when I fly to New York on Wednesday night, Thursday, I actually can chill. I have Thursday alone in New York. My fiance flies up Thursday afternoon. So I want to have a me day. I want to relax. I want to sleep in. I want to do me. I want to write my book. Friday, same. Saturday, same. Sunday is my birthday. So I'm working a little bit harder now so that I actually can take that time off and so that next week I'm not still doing admin. I'm really trying to stick myself. I'm really trying to stick to that and be committed to that um, and not you know, and not go to bed at the right time, but then not be able to fall asleep because my brain is ticking and have, you know, have shitty sleep because I'm waking up in the middle of the night and then get overwhelmed when I'm waking up in the morning. So something to think about for some of you guys, because I know that a lot of time hack people, whatever they're called, like, you know, like time coaches or people that talk about time and productivity and sleep would be like, don't do that. For me though, it actually works better because otherwise I can't sleep. My my brain is way too A-type. It's way too on. It's way too creative and I won't be able to fall asleep. So something for you guys to think about. Okay, next thing. I will say with time, just because someone else does something one way, it doesn't mean that you need to as well. It is so important to just know yourself, reflect on what works, reflect on what doesn't. I have my morning routine that I twist a little bit every day that keeps me motivated. You might have a completely different morning routine. Just because I work out in the morning doesn't mean you need to work out in the morning. Just because so-and-so says in their time book, you got to get up at 5 a.m. doesn't mean you need to get up at 5 a.m. I think after you know really doing so much of this work and you know working with clients for five years that the most, like the best thing that you can do and what's going to get you the best results is self-awareness and playing with yourself, not sexually, but that helps too. (laughs) Playing with yourself in terms of playing with what works and what doesn't, noticing what works and what doesn't. Okay. And of course you've probably heard this one before, but a reminder, the more present I am, the more time I feel I have. The more present I am, the more time I feel I have. And if you guys missed the New Year's Eve bundle that I did, that that live call, sorry, on uh, December 7th, it was fucking incredible. Let me tell you, number one, the quantum leaping exercise that I took you all through, full effing goosebumps. I was nearly crying. I had to hold them back. You guys, I could not keep up with the amount of people in the chat box just blowing it up, saying how amazing it was. Thank you for all the DMs afterwards, sharing how insightful it was how relieved you how relieved you you felt afterwards knowing that you actually have a sustainable action plan going into every single new year for here onwards because 
I'm sorry guys, but most of those new year resolution things do not work. So I really brought the Monica approach to it. If you didn't get the new year's Eve bundle, you haven't gotten it just yet, or you missed that live call. It's okay. You can still get it. So, uh, the link is below it's $133, such an easy decision. Grab it for yourself because not only do you get the two audio tracks, you also get a PDF, which is like heavily in depth with everything we went through on the call and all the things to be doing. You also get every single thing that I do every year to hack my time, my health, my productivity, my sleep, all the, all the things, my relationship. And I've given you guys such a strong structure for you to use every single year at the end of every year, the beginning of every new year to ensure that you feel like you have achieved what most people achieve in five years in one year. So that new year's Eve bundle is below and it was really, really fun doing it. Really, really, really fun. I love doing things this time of the year. I feel like we all need a little bit of us time and permission to do that. So not only did you guys really enjoy it and did you feel like it helped recalibrate your energy, I felt that too. So thank you for all of you that were on the call and that shared that experience with me. And thank you for all of the incredible feedback that I got from it. And I'm so glad to have already been receiving incredible DMs, the things that you guys have been manifesting and what you have been taking action on that's felt so much easier than it usually does. So yay for all of that. Okay. Back into it. Relationships. So the next one I want to go on to is relationships. Sorry, I went on a fucking tangent with time, but I will say, I feel like so many of us are very, we feel like we're really short on time these days. It's a modern living thing. And I get it because I sometimes feel like that as well. I seriously do. I would say time for me is one of the things that I am always working on because especially being an A-type and you know loving my job and what I do for work and being so creative, my brain always being on, I can find that really hard. So whenever I'm like, you know, getting into new time hacks or finding out new things that work for, for me, I'm going to make sure I keep delivering it to you guys because no matter what you're doing with your life, I think we can all agree on that. We feel like we don't have enough time yet at the same time, we're always telling ourselves that, you know, time's moving too quickly or time's moving slowly or like we just, we all have this weird fucked up relationship with time. I really do feel like some of us feel like it's moving too quickly. Then we say to ourselves, it's moving too slowly. Then we feel like we're not being present enough. But then when we're in it, we feel like we can't be present. It's just this constant push and pull that so many of it, uh, so many of us experience. So I'm sure as things continue to go for me and I keep developing a better relationship with time, I will create some kind of little program for it at, uh, for you guys out of it. But for now, the New Year's Eve bundle is going to be really, really helpful for those of you that want to join. Okay. So for practices that I use for protecting my relationship. Okay. Number one, and I've mentioned this before, we have roles. We have quote unquote gender roles. They're not the traditional gender roles by any means. However, these roles are important they allow us to take out a piece of decision-making of who's feeding the dogs or who's getting the groceries or who's making dinner or who's doing this. We have roles that we each do around the house in life on holidays, etc., to keep things more streamlined and easy. For example, I carry the passports when we're traveling. He always books the flights and gives me my boarding pass. He will get the luggage. He will pack the bags. I will do X, Y, and Z. It helps things just it helps you take the guessing out of things. It really, really does. And we have so many decisions and things that we have to be thinking about day to day. So when you can take another decision off your plate, it is going to help. Stress is the number one cause of disease today. So the more that you can reduce that conscious and subconscious stress, the better. 
seriously, seriously, the better. Don't just think about the conscious stress. Think about the subconscious stress. Think about the subconscious stress that you have on yourself that's affecting your relationship. Think about the subconscious stress in your relationship that's affecting you because those unaddressed things are not protecting your relationship. They're doing the opposite. They're sabotaging your relationship. Something that is really good for both of us and it's good for every single person in no matter what kind of relationship is having regular alone time. This goes for your romantic relationships as well as your platonic relationships and your friendships and your career and everything. We all need a break from each other sometimes. We do. Having that regular alone time is so, so important not five minutes. I'm talking hours or days if you can. If you're a mom, I know that's a lot harder to do, but can you have a conversation with your partner where you guys have a roster, right? And you know, maybe, you know, Sunday of week A, you're at the day spa all day. And then Sunday of week B, he's at the day spa or playing golf or whatever it is all day. Or you, you know, have a staycation once a month together and you get a family member to come look after your kids or a nanny to come look after your kids. There are infinite resources for us out there in the world, we don't utilize them enough. What stickiness and shit, I kind of blended that stickiness, do you have around a resource that you would really like to get? Let's say you really want a nanny, but you feel guilty or you feel shame or you feel whatever it is about getting a nanny. What is the stickiness that you feel around that? Fix it, heal it, do whatever you need to do with it, re- you know, reprogram it, make a new story around it, rewrite whatever you have to, so that you can give yourself permission to do the things that are going to allow you to be a better mother, for example, or do the things that are going to support you in feeling like it's less on your shoulders. Because at the end of the day, you trying to do everything, but killing yourself doing it, in my opinion, is not worth it. It really isn't. So try and do whatever you need to do to have that regular alone time because it is really, really going to help you. Okay. So another thing that we do, this is really good for some of you guys. Listen to this one. So whenever we get into an intimate moment, we have never to this day said no to each other because we understand that life gets busy and you have to use these moments that you get and you have to capitalize on them because you'll get caught up with something later And then the later time of let's just have sex later will never come. So, you know, there have been times where I'm cooking dinner and it's like brain is elsewhere and we get into an intimate situation on the kitchen floor or on the sofa, in the living room, whatever it is. We don't make it this whole hoo-ha thing and go to the bedroom by any means. You know, and sometimes that intimate moment is just a hot makeout session or, you know, me going down on him or him going down on me or us having full-blown sex, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You know, you don't need to have a, you know, full-blown, you know, BDSM situation to be having intimacy. You literally could have five minutes of just passionate, present making out time. Use it. Use it in that moment. It is so easy for us to be like, no, we'll do, let's have sex later. We'll do it later. Yes, we'll do it later. Let's have dinner and then we'll do it afterwards. But how often does that afterwards actually come? And this is something that I've kind of had to be flexible with because even, for example, as the cook in the relationship, I'm the one that cooks, I'll cook dinner. And then let's say, for example, we get into an intimate situation and dinner's getting cold. I've really had to train my brain to fuck dinner getting cold because it is worth dinner being cold for connection. Because what is life without connection? What is life without connection? 
if you really think about it, is replying to that email really more important than connection in your relationship? Can the, can the email wait 10 minutes? Probably. If it can't, okay, quickly do the email and then go back, right? Can the email wait 10 minutes? And the reason why I say this also is not just because of the connection piece and how important that is with your person, but also because if you gave yourself more time for connection and intimacy, even intimacy in not in a non-sexual way, like even with, you know, intimacy with your friendships, with your, with your colleagues or whatever it is, intimacy allows you to feel more connected. That is going to help you feel more life force energy pumping through your body. Therefore, you are, you are going to feel more high vibrational and therefore you are going to do better work. So that email that you have to reply to, it's going to be, your, your reply is going to be 10 times better because you've given yourself permission to have that intimate time. So for those of you that need that, please remember Often later never happens. I'll hire, I'll hire the coach later. Do you? I'll go to the shops later. Do you? I'll exercise later. Do you? No, because life gets busy. We get sidetracked. It's okay. It's okay. It's just about cultivating a bit of self-discipline and reminding yourself later isn't going to happen. Let's just fucking do this now. And not because you have to, because you want to, because you want the connection and you want the intimacy. So that's something that we really pride ourselves on is that when we get into those intimate moments, we roll with it. No matter how much work we have to do, we roll with it because it feeds us, it nourishes us, and it is the essence of our life. So what is the point of sending the email if you don't have a good life? You know, what's the point of working the hard job if you don't have a great life to come home to? Reprioritize if you need to. Oh, hi, ma'am. Well, one of our dogs just opened the door and came in. She does that. She quite literally just jumps up and moves the handle and just comes in. Hi. If you don't know, we have four dogs. We have a zoo. He had two, I had two, and then we blended our lives together. So now we have a zoo. Okay. So the next thing for relationships, releasing expectation. You know, you are going to sabotage your relationship and fuck your relationship if you have such high and harsh expectations of the other person. We're all human. People make mistakes. It's okay. Release the expectation. Seriously. Another thing is sometimes, you know, I know I said this in the Girl Talk episode with Louise as well. Sometimes you can over-communicate. So some of you might need to actually communicate a little bit less. Sometimes, you know, you might need to have a bit more of a casual conversation around heavy topics. I go into this in way more detail in Be Loving on a Mother and Embodiment of Dating. But in romantic relationships or in talking to a person of the opposite sex, the way that you communicate about a certain topic is really important. Reading body language. What time of the day is it? You know, what have they had going on that day? So many of us, we get so obsessed with communication, communication, communication. And yes, communication is so fucking important. In that communication, it's also time. It's also delivery. It's also body language. There's so many other components that go into communication that is really, really, really important for you to understand because there is such thing as over-communication. There is such thing as communicating in the wrong way or that wasn't the right time to communicate. So I find it very empowering to fully understand communication of a certain topic. And that is something that I'm constantly wanting to learn, how to communicate better as a leader, as a boss, as a partner, as a daughter, as a friend, how to be a better person in a relationship because our life is made up of relationships. So 
kind of always doing a little bit of a self-audit of your relationships is such an underestimated but fantastic thing to be doing. So the next thing is money. Money, money, money. So about 41% of women in the US now are out earning their male partners. The stats are a little bit wonky. There's some stats where I've read 51 and 60. So I it depends on exactly what they're measuring. Um, but let's put it this way. There are more women than ever earning more or the same amount of money as their spouse. Now, what that leads to is problems in relationships. And the fact is that the studies show us that money is one of the top reasons of tension in a relationship. Money is one of the biggest reasons of divorce, which is so sad to me. I don't want you guys to be, you know, fighting over something kind of like so, so basic. Like it's just money. Isn't it kind of sad when you think about it? Wow. People broke up over money. People divorced over money. People are going to bed angry because of money. And whilst there is obviously big issues that can come with money. Like if someone lied about certain things with money, I completely relate to that. What's unfortunate is that, you know, about 73% of couples are saying that one of the number one reasons of tension in their relationship is money and tension in a relationship. So it's not full-blown fight. It's just tension. And often that tension showed by the research is things like who is paying for the food is things like holidays, uh, those very surface level situations. This is why I created the Feminine Female Breadwinner because we as women are, as feminine women, are wanting to still biologically be provided for, protected, led X, Y, and Z. You know, there are so many articles, there's so much proof that women are constantly complaining about men not being X, Y, Z enough. And we're also out earning them. We're also emasculating them. We're shaming them. We're not giving them the space that they once had to feel like they could be the men they want to be. So what's really important is I'm trying to blend the modern world with our biology and with the traditional world, because the reality is that we still want to be in that feminine masculine dynamic. That polarity in a relationship, whether it's same-sex relationship or whether it's opposite-sex relationship, doesn't matter. The dynamic is everything in a relationship, in a romantic relationship. Without the dynamic, there isn't the polarity. There isn't the sexual desire. So the relationship's going to flop anyway. What's really important is that that masculine pole is leading, providing, protecting. A lot of us link providing and protecting to money. The problem is that now so many women are the ones out earning. So then they feel like they're the provider and they're the protector, but they don't want to be. It creates resentment. It creates anger. It creates issues in a relationship and it sabotages the relationship. What I don't want happening is for women to then be feeling shame around out earning or earning a lot of money. So they start earning less. We go at the opposite end of the spectrum to try and balance things out again. No, we don't need to change how we're earning money We need to change the way that we're feeling, thinking, and communicating about money in our romantic relationships. That is the key. So what's really important is that there has to be a lot of redefining, a lot of redefining in different components of our romantic relationships. So if you are earning the same amount of money or more money as your male spouse, as a woman, I urge the fuck out of you, and I say this with love, to get in the feminine female breadwinner because so many people wait until it is too late to try and fix their relationship. 
if you are in this dynamic, there will be problems if you are not heavily educated, resourceful, and proactive beforehand. I guarantee you, because I see this all the time with clients, with friends, in my DMs, and the research shows it. The research shows it. You Google it. It's there. So please, ladies, even if you think this might happen or you're starting to have some issues around money or you feel a little bit of stickiness or resentment creeping up around money in your relationship, you need to get the feminine female breadwinner. It's a great thing to be doing over the holidays, great thing to bring into the new year. And it's really, really going to be such a crux for you to continue to go back to and rewatch. I know it initially was a masterclass, but what I've done to make it so fantastic for you guys, instead of having this giant, you know, two and a bit hours, like two hour, two and a half hours of me talking that's really hard to refer back to because you don't know where things are, is I went through and I edited that masterclass. I broke it up into a million little pieces. So there's 13 quote unquote modules. So you can jump to wherever you need to, whenever you need it. So maybe you buy it in three months time, you need to refer back to a certain section. You have it there. You can easily jump back to it and watch that 10 minute chunk versus trying to scroll through a two hour thing and getting really frustrated. So I have made it as easy as possible for you guys to literally use this as a Bible around feminine and masculine and money in your relationship. Okay. So coming back with other practices that I do for my relationship is I always, or not always, I would say uh, 75 to 80% of the time, depending how busy life is is I really try and put a lot of love and effort into cooking and to my meals. I put love into my food. It helps me to get into my feminine. It helps him to feel looked after. And it just helps, it helps bring me back out of, you know, the heaviness of the day or the busyness of the day. And that is supporting the relationship, right? Because me coming, you know, out of a work day and being in my head or being go, 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 or thinking, 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 and being on my laptop and doing a million things still, it's not going to support the relationship or support me. So cooking for me is something that helps really bring me back in. And I love doing it and he loves receiving it. It's like sexy for him because it feels like I'm, you know, looking after him. So that's something that I really like to do. Some of you don't like to cook. That's fine. Maybe it's that you like to tidy up or clean at the end of the day. Maybe for some of you, it's that you like to, I don't know, have a bath or go for a walk or play with the kids. There's many different things that you could insert into that time of day. But think about doing something that's going to bring you back out of the day and help you transition from work or just the busyness and the chaos of the day back to being in your feminine coming back into the relationship or being in your masculine. If you're a man listening to this, what is going to help you transition to be back in your masculine at the end of the day so that there is that hot and heavy polarity between you and your partner? Because yes, you've been separated throughout the day working for most of us. You've been separated throughout the day working. So you don't need there to be polarity, right? Because you're both doing your jobs and you're not talking to each other. But then at the end of the day, you want to make sure that there is that polarity. So every day you're feeling nourished and fulfilled in your relationship. If you also are struggling a lot in your relationship, Be a Love and Not a Mother is seriously going to help you. It's closed now, but you can get on the wait list so that you can join next time. Or if you're like super desperate to get in or whatever, then you can email us. But sometimes people email and then they don't like pay the invoice, which really frustrates me. It's a waste of my team's time. So if you're actually serious about joining right now, the prices and everything on the website, you can let us know. If you're not serious, that's fine. Maybe you want to be on the wait list, you know, so that you are ready and 
10 months time when it opens again. So then you can be on the wait list. But as Emma said for Be Love and Honor Mother, she said, I learned so much about myself. I never thought before how easily I was emasculating men, but now I can see both how and why. This program has made me realize it is safe to be at ease, to let others help me, and that I don't need to be doing everything in life. It's made me feel less stressed and has been so obvious to the people in my life. I know we all want to be feeling that way. And this course is six massive modules. There is so much information, so much support, so much content, and there's really no excuses. Like if you need help, if you need help in your relationship, this is the program for that. Okay. Last few things to wrap up the episode, going, um, going on walks alone really, really helps, um, me to come down after a long day. And also just that alone time that's kind of linking with my alone time, which is really important. You both need time to decompress at the end of the day. And you are, you are not protecting your relationship. If you're not giving each other permission to decompress at the end of the day, Last thing I'll say on relationship as well, that helps protect the relationship and the polarity of the relationship. Know what makes you guys work. So we know for us, what makes us work is travel and skiing. So we make sure we do that. That's why every year at the end of the year, I'm on a six week break and I go skiing. And then in February, March and April, or not really April, February, March, I'm still skiing. You know, I ski on the weekends or I ski for a week and I I do work out there. Why? Because I love being in the mountains. I love the snow. I love skiing and it's nourishing for me. Therefore, if I'm doing that for me and for my relationship, because you know he loves it too, so we both benefit from it. Guess what else benefits? My clients, my business, my success, my bank account, my health, my happiness, my team benefits off it. Everyone benefits off it. Everyone that's connected to me or everything that's connected to me benefits off it because I am at the core of it. So you have to remember that flow and effect is so fucking strong. When you are in alignment, your health is in alignment. Your happiness is in alignment. Your bank account is in alignment. Your business is in alignment. Your career is in alignment. So many other things flow off from you. So when you are a shit show, guess what else is a shit show? Remember that. So you, 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 you need to come first. People don't like saying that. People think it's selfish. And there's obviously a degree where other people do need to come first at different, you know, different times or depending what's going on in in their life. But you also need to come first. Okay. The last thing. So the things that I do, the practices that I do to protect myself. Firstly, you need my meditation that you get when you leave a written review on the podcast, because that meditation, I do it even. It is really about bringing your energy back to yourself. It's kind of in line with this whole episode and that's for free. Just leave the review and then you can email us. So if you can start to focus on in your meditations, and then you can use that track to support you as well, bringing the energy back to you. Where have you been leaking your energy? What do you, maybe you need to like stop going to social engagements for a week or so to bring yourself back to you. Maybe you need to stop being online so much, take a break off social media, take a break from, you know, take a few fucking weeks off work. If you're, if you're in a service-based industry where you're on calls all the time with people, that's very, very draining. You're draining a lot of energy to other people. So making sure that you're having really strict off time when you're not talking to other people, you're not having an output of energy to other people is going to be really, really helpful. When I notice that I am leaking my energy a lot, I do spend some me time completely away and disconnected from others. I don't text people. I don't see people, et cetera. Like I really give myself permission to be in my own space. I love my alone time because I know and I see how much it benefits me, my health, 
my relationship, my business, my friendships. It benefits everything. It has that flow on effect like I have talked about. And then the last thing that I will say for what I do to protect myself is making actually two last things. One, making sure I know how I am productive having that self-awareness to know what works for me in terms of productivity and stress reduction and management. And then the last thing will also be my health. I look after my health with a lot of intention and I guess kind of intensity. I go to get my bloods done regularly. I will, I guess now that I found doctor in, in America, I think I've told you guys this, but I didn't get my bloods done for a few years and then I went to get them done and I was like, fuck. So I get my bloods done. I get stool tests done regularly. I check in with my energy, my, my, you know, energetic energy, my vibrational energy, what, what, and also my energy coming from my adrenals, my actual energy levels, whether I'm tired or whether I'm feeling energetic. I, you know, I try and go to bed early as much as I can. I try and wake up early as much as I can because I feel better when I wake up early and get things done earlier in the morning and start my day early. I take my ginger shots. I take my supplements. I eat well. I reduce my plastics and I try and reduce environmental toxins as much as possible. I do the things that are doable for me to really also help my health because that is me. You are your health. So I look after my emotional health, my mental health, my spiritual health, and my physical health as much as possible because without those there isn't any you. Without those, you're not going to be successful. You're not going to have a great relationship. Your house is going to be a fucking mess. Everything else will fall apart if you are falling apart. So please, 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 if that's one thing that you can really start doing the end of this year going into next year is look after every aspect of your health. Do what you can to really start to improve your health. And I know I've posted this on Instagram already, but for those of you that have forgotten, I discovered this um, supplement company, they're not sponsored or anything, called Symbiotica, and I am obsessed with their supplements. I have a link in the description, and you guys get $20 off when you use that link. And, you know, hopefully one day they'll give me a discount code and everything. Um, So I love their supplements. I take them regularly. I love that they're a liquid, it doesn't upset my stomach. And they just, they keep me going. You know, magnesium is so important for us. Vitamin C, you know, having greens every day, all these things are so important for us. And many of us don't recognize how badly our bodies need them. We're so used to feeling depleted, exhausted, bloated, sick, that we don't realize how good we actually could be feeling every single day. So I'm going to leave the episode there. If you haven't locked in a space to be a one-on-one client with me next year, here is your invitation again. If you are not ready to commit to a a container with me, a longer term container, there is the mini one-on-one options, which are great for those of you that just want a little bit of a taste. So I'm going to put that link below. Don't forget to get the New Year's Eve bundle as well. If you would like to get that New Year's Eve bundle and as usual, check your emails, look at my Instagram stories because I'm always sharing with you guys the important things to be grabbing. And I really focus on, especially this time of the year, sharing things that are going to help you as we step into a new year, because I just want you guys to be happy. I want you to be living your best lives. I want you to be doing the work that needs to be done so that you can be your happiest, most joyful and at peace version of yourself. So if you need some direction on what's best, I know we, I know I have a lot of offerings and it can feel overwhelming. So if you need direction on uh, what is best for you, then please just shoot me a message or an email and I will reply. Well, actually 
if you need my response, if my team can't respond, there is going to be a delay on emails whilst I'm taking a holiday. Um, but I will check my emails about once a week. So you can still email. Otherwise you can shoot a DM through, but Meg and Rhea, they do great jobs at replying as well. They do a great job at replying as well. Anything that they know we should leave this to Monica, they will. So if there is a delay on the response, it's because they're waiting for me to respond, but please send an email, send a DM because I will respond and I love hearing from you guys. So I hope that you love this episode. I will see you guys in the next one and Merry Christmas and a happy new year.